Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. We're selling free tickets to an all-you-can-consume tabletop adventure. The seat is free, but you only need the front half. Welcome, everyone. I'm glad you managed to find us here in the derelict remains of Raccoon City. We're just hours away from a thermonuclear warhead being shot at our wonderful city. So we thought we'd do one more recording from our studio here. It's the Raccoon City Banter Banter. It's our swan song. Just in time before we remove ourselves from this derelict location, I will present my new clothing line. Derelict. <laughs> I just can't have an ambi-turner. Before we have a 500,000 degree baptism by nuclear fire. Hey kids, come over to the window. Look at this mushroom cloud. Isn't it nice? It's so warm. It just kind of melts your face right off, doesn't it? That looks so good, I just want to cut up and put it in some soup. So those over there are my fine co-hosts, Mike and Aaron. I am Manny, and welcome to new Banter Banter. Unless you're listening to this years after it's been published, then welcome to classic Banter Banter. Is that in you for new? In you for nuke? New Banter Banter? At the end of it, it probably will be. We'll be, (laughs) by the end of this, we'll be nuclear powered. We'll be better for the environment and your ears. I have always been afraid of the dark, and that would allow me to glow, which would be perfect. I would always find the bathroom, wouldn't have to worry about cleaning up any messes in the middle of the night when working in the refrigerator when it doesn't have a light bulb. There are some really good perks to go here. I like it. Like that one kid from Sky High, Glowstick, I think was his superhero name. He just glowed. Y'all saw that movie, right? Did he just open up glow sticks and pour it on him because you know that's not a superpower no yeah that was kind of the point it was uh very much a mockery microwave glow sticks to make them shine again also mike make no mistake you've always glowed to me Ah, now i got the diabetes glowed bright like a glow stick glowed bright like a glow stick shine bright like we're pokemon only if it's a chin pokemon is that a Pokemon that hangs from your face? Chim Pokemon! Wait, did you say Chin or Chim? Chim Pokemon, gotta collect them all. Hey kids, do you want to collect Chim Pokemon? Chim Pokemon, gotta get them! Welcome to the early seasons of South Park Fancast. We'll call it Mr. Mackey's, where we talk about South Park, but only by quoting phrases from it. <laughs> okay. Oh my god, they killed Jones. Wait, is that his name? It might be his last name. Barnaby Jones? No, I think it's McCormick, like the brand of flavor packets, seasoning. The seasoning company? Spices, they do a lot of stuff. The steakhouse restaurant, McCormick. I feel like that's an easy evolution for them. (laughs) 
EV evolution. This is the kind of stuff that we do when we're sitting inside of our homes, usually via internet phone calls. It's definitely a way to pass the time, and we have had a lot of that lately. Because of real life world events, a lot of us have been stuck at home for a while and have had to come up with interesting or I guess expanded ways to spend our time. It's really interesting to be cooped up at home and from what I've heard from friends, it's brought up hobbies that they didn't catch up with a lot. Some of them just use it to do work at home catch up on those chores and honeydew lists that they've neglected for a while. And then for others, we just sort of take the stuff that we use as a pastime and just do more of it. So, gentlemen, I thought that might be fun to talk about this time. What have either of you been doing to pass the many hours not being able to go out and partake of the society's norms. That sweet, sweet socializing that we all crave. At least the ones of us who are introverted. Yeah, I think that was the weirdest thing is I'm usually a shut-in, so I don't go out a lot to begin with, but you can definitely kind of sense the urge to want to go out more when you're told you can't. Yes. I can say for myself... I was actually okay when the shelter-in-place had come in, because I am on the go all the time and rarely have any time to breathe, so this has been a nice little reprieve from all that. It's given me a chance to catch up on me, I guess, watching movies or playing some games or trying out some new things. It's been nice. It didn't start really affecting me until a little bit later. It's not that I missed seeing people, because I get to see my coworkers every day, you know. I'm considered an essential employee. And where I work is a warehouse, so there is no working from home in that regard. Until we have fully realized automatons who can do our work for us. So is a warehouse a person who got bit by a living house monster? Like yes. the, one of the sub-bosses in the Final Fantasy VII remake? That's hilarious. And yes, and actually, to go even further than that, there is actually a stat block I saw on Twitter several months ago that had a stat block for an actual warehouse for 5th edition D&D. It was pretty nice. great. Its mechanics were great. And at some point, I am going to send a group of adventurers into an unassuming warehouse that turns out to actually be alive and see how they deal with that little slice of pie. Is that monster... Well, like we were joking about earlier, where it's somebody who was attacked by a house and then became a house? Or is this a house that was attacked by a lupinoid and now becomes maybe wolf-like in nature? I am not a doctor nor a house constructor, so I would not even be able to begin to process or contemplate how a house contracts lycanthropy. Simple. It gets a bit. Duh. Is it that simple? By that logic that anything can be cursed with lycanthropy. Yeah, have you been in the woods? Do you know how many sticks are lycanthropic? Apparently I don't. Be more careful. You know, you might pick up a stick to build a fire and then boom, you are now a wear stick because you got bit by a wear stick. Worst monster ever. A wear stick. 
Yeah, because you're like, where, stick? Ah. So it's the stick that gets lost all the time. Now, I figure a wear stick would be one of the pair of divining rods that pioneers and Native Americans used to use to find water in maybe myth or maybe just it's a lost art. It's those two sticks that you hold and you walk around and they point you in the direction of an underwater aquifer and you walk forward until the two sticks cross into each other and that's where you know where to dig for water. See... It's really close. One is a where stick and the other has to be a there stick. Because you're asking (laughs) where and the other one goes there. Right. I figure like, hey stick, where is water? But the two have to agree by crossing. One is only capable of telling the truth and the other one can only tell a lie. So sometimes it's dangerous when you're searching for water. Because when they cross, like, are they both in agreement? And then you have some danger moments because one can only tell a lie, but you don't know which one. So one of them is Jim Carrey and the other one is Jaleel White. And wait, we're watching Sonic the Hedgehog again, aren't we? Here, I thought you were going to pull out, like, a liar, liar moment with Jim Carrey, and then I was digging through my mind to find out the Jaleel White movie where he (laughs) only lies. Yep, just take a sharp left. (laughs) So he's the exact contradiction of Jim Carrey. And I was like, what is this movie with Jaleel White that I haven't seen that I now need in my life? All right, now going on this topic... That does kind of bring me towards one of the things that I've been doing, and that's occasionally catching up on some of the recent either highly acclaimed films or a couple of the Oscar-nominated films from the last couple of years. I've watched Parasite recently. Ooh, I've heard that's very good. I have nothing but nice things to say about that film. I could probably do a mini series of podcast episodes on stuff that there is to say about that but regardless to say my usual norm i realize i pick up a lot from my father where it's mostly like actiony or comedy films but i guess my generational twist on it does lean a bit more towards the sci-fi and superhero aesthetic parasite is none of those things and it is still an amazing film to me to my taste i guess i'm not saying in general everyone's into my stuff but yeah catch my drift you are not alone in this strong opinion and fondness for the film i have heard nothing but wonderful things from any person that i've had the chance to talk to about it it is on my list is that on netflix no it is on amazon Mm, okay for me it is on the old alphabet box of tube which is one of the platforms our podcast is on the tube of you okay i don't know mike you're a lot better at this conflating names but you know what i mean i do tube know what you mean wink yeah anyway i rented it through my non-apple phone device where they let you rent movies on their app store and streamed it to my tube 
via the appropriate app. I'm trying really hard, Mike, to adopt this nomenclature. Now, if only this company had, like, a recognizable noise that you could make to not reference them while referencing them. Well, I could think of a lot of ways to describe them. One might say it's not quite infinite. You might say there's a Googleplex of ways to describe them. (laughs) I don't know. You might say it's the company... (laughs) Nailed it. ...that has since created a larger umbrella parent company that is a type of soup, you know, an alphabet soup. So Umbrella Corp, after the destruction of Raccoon City, is proceeding to make a soup with letters from the alphabet. Yes. Does Chef Boyardee know that they're cutting in on his product? Or did they blow him up too? Oh, he knows, and he's been biding his time until the correct moment to strike. I would like one million dollars. Wait, wait. One billion dollars. So a couple of other films I've been getting to see are Flick that stars Willem Dafoe as one of the main characters. It is The Lighthouse. Oh, that's another film I really wanted to see. That movie is a little bit of a mind screw, so you you might get ready for that. It is. Those are my favorite kinds of movies. Well, yeah, and a lot of it, it's just... I've likened it to the same kind of feeling of prolonged dread you get from watching the most recent Joker movie. I haven't seen that one either, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, then watch that, too. That I mean, that kind of falls back into the comic book hero thing, but legitimately, it's, I guess, a bit kind of more down to earth ish another one i've gotten to see is not from this last year but i guess 2018 the end of 2018 it is a nicholas cage movie called mandy yeah i've heard of that one too right it's sort of like a weird acid trip metal gore fest kind of like a grindhouse if you were on acid and loved metal music. So like 20% of his movies. Is it the story of he is a lumberjack, I think, and a biker gang steals his girlfriend away and he has to fight demons to get to the biker gang or something like that? Wait, wait, wait. So the biker gang is higher up than the demons. The demons are defending the biker gang. The mortals are being defended by creatures of unholy power. That seems so reversed. Replace the biker gang. Do you know the, like, Charles Manson-style religious cults that are sort of just based around, you know, a very... Murder cults? charismatic guy who somehow tricked a bunch of people into believing that he was you know the vestige for a higher power sure and they basically do a lot of drugs and listen to 70s music hey guys i have this great punch that you should drink right now i made it homemade they do have access to a weird biker gang that is so out of their minds that you believe that they are demons at times okay So the leader of this weird cult decides that he must have the wife of the Nicolas Cage lumberjack man. 
So they decide to call on the aid of the demon bikers to get what they want and bad stuff happens and in appropriate style Nicolas Cage then goes on a revenge vigilante murder spree. Yeah, I've heard this movie is very grindhouse in some of its scenes. I would say maybe don't watch Mandy and the Lighthouse back to back. That is setting your mind up for some weird stuff. Oh, and another one that I've watched that I would highly recommend is Uncut Gems. It is an Adam Sandler-led drama about a man with a serious gambling addiction. Well, you have been knocking out some uh, Oscar bait films, haven't you? Yeah, I kind of always put those in the back of the shelf. Back in the before times when we were allowed to go to movie theaters, I would usually place, I guess, more gimmicky films up front because usually those are the ones that would get more of my friend group to want to go with. And that would result in a lot of these films sort of being put on the back burner of like, well, I'll get to it when it's at the discount theater. And a lot of these just sort of fall through the cracks. Yeah. So it's given me some time to finally digitally rent a lot of these and get to watch them. I have access to Big Daddy Disney Marvel's spanking new streaming service. So I've been meaning to watch Frozen 2. Yeah. I'm sure I'll get around to it now that I have that. And also the Back to the Future Car Man movie. What, what's it called again? The Back to the Future Car Man? Yeah, he's part man, part DeLorean or something. I don't know what you're talking about at all, but this... It's about our favorite Boba Tea man looking guy, but it's not actually him. And there's a baby Frank Oz voiced alien elf thing. The Mandalorian, that's what I'm thinking about. Oh my gosh, okay. The Fandalorian? Did they make it to Fandalore? The Fannie Mae Foundation is the new <laughs> Star Wars series <laughs> that is based on the popular novel Freddie Mac. Fahrenheit 451. 2020. Fahrenheit 2020. <laughs> it's really hot out there. Based on an alternate Marvel universe in the future where... Spider-Man is played by a different guy. So not Toby Maguire and not Elijah Wood. Toby Ziegler. For anybody that catches that reference, hats off to you. Bringing us back, I kind of want to take the opportunity to finally watch The Mandalorian and see what all the hubbub was about. See what this tiny green alien man is the cat's pajamas about. So you have watched it or are planning on watching it? I'm planning on watching it. Please let me know when you're done, because I would like to talk to you about that show. I really enjoyed it. I highly suggest, if you have not, since you've got the big old mouse ears available, take a quick gander at that great movie Onward. Entertaining, good plot, it moves along at a nice pace, you don't get bogged down on a lot of details, but it is full of great little twists and Easter eggs. And I think it is a great heartwarming, exciting, thrilling, action-packed, yet very sentimental oh. and emotionally connectable movie to watch. Agree 100%. It's that CG movie with young Spider-Man and fried rodent. 
That's right. What was his name? Starlad? I think he was the lead singer to a band called Rat Trap. Oh, Ratfink. Got it. No, no. Ratfink is a completely different character. We've been over this one before. I don't want to get harassed by people who like Ratfink and know that he is a great cartoon creation that became part of a subculture of style. Wouldn't it be weird if Ratfink was the headliner towards a competitor to Big Daddy Disney Marvel? I think it would be the best competitor because it would catch all of the people that want to consume the product's eye in that it just doesn't care about what you want. This is what I want because I'm Ratfink. No, go on. You guys can keep prattling on. Ha. <laughs> I did it. I guess if I can diverge from that point, I've also been spending a bit more time with some video games. Um, fortunately, right before we were told to work from home, and this is unfortunate for my backlog of games, but the sweet, sweet hit that is Nintendo's magical meth that comes to us from a plumber man. SpongeBob? Animal Crossing came out with a new hit and it landed like Millennium did for the Backstreet Boys and it is all the rage. So I have spent most of my video game time between that and then sort of to wash out the wholesome overly niceness of that game where it seems there's nothing you can do to wrong the citizens of this small island town that you've created. I swing the other direction and I've been revisiting the Resident Evil 2 remake to kind of, you know, stress myself out before I go to bed and then have to go to work and worry about non-compliant individuals and office stuff. About Mr. X going get you? Yeah. So I told myself I would finish playing all of the scenarios before I moved on to Resident Evil 3's remake, and I have yet to run through all of the scenarios in part two. So I did that for a while, and then another game came out that is a roguelike first-person shooter. It came out last year for pretty much everything else except the Nintendo console, but it was developed by a lot of the team that worked on the Bioshock series. I downloaded a game called Void Bastards. And here I thought you were going to say that this was John Clamper's secret stealth guy with night vision goggles. No. Void Bastards is a game where you are a reconstituted prisoner that is sent out to scavenge the remains of various ship vessels that are now filled with basically space mutants. And you are trying... Please define this. I'm very excited and confused by this. You said reconstituted prisoner. So... Did they capture me and then, like, dehydrate me and put me in storage to then rehydrate me and reconstitute me to then do manual labor for them? Well, okay. Let me go through this one step at a time. Now, this, your mission is in the ship that no longer has anyone with a valid galactic citizen's license to start the ship's engines. 
uh, the AI is now bound to have to find a person and get them their license. Which for that, you have to scavenge ships until you find a printer and the correct type of material to print you a new license. Yes, you are a former prisoner and, well, probably an active prisoner. And yes, the prisoners on this ship, to avoid having to have people consume any resources, are dehydrated and placed into little packets to where you find out any time that your character dies that your ship with all of the stuff that you collected goes back to the mothership where another packet of dehydrated powdered human is poured into the cockpit and they add water. And there you go. There's your new playable character. That is awesome. I love this game. I love the dehydrated human. Just add water. And each time you die, your new playable character has a chance of rolling some positive traits and some negative traits. And then you go out and each of these ships, they come in various themes depending on the brand or the company that those ships belong to. But they are also procedurally generated. While a lot of the pieces tend to look the same because it uses a lot of the same elements, they're always arranged differently, have different conditions within them, and can have different loot and enemies to deal with. There's nothing to memorize majorly that will help you get through the game other than the base mechanics. So, WASD, mouse pad, shift jumps, enter lets you start typing. I got it. Anyway, that's the kind of stuff I've been getting into. The run and gun kind of off balances the super mellow island village life thing. And that's where my video gaming goes. I would say that to kind of lead on and break away from that is on a couple of times a month, I will get together with a few friends and play some online games. Sundays, we tend to get together and play tabletop RPGs through the old Microsoft video phone system. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. We're selling free tickets to an all-you-can-consume tabletop adventure. The seat is free, but you only need the front half. So we play games themed around comic book fun times, then death and dismemberment, or D&D, as some people call it. Dungeons and dweebs. I only like the advanced dismemberment. Or like, yes, our good GM Mike will sometimes provide us with accidental death and dismemberment, or AD&D. It is very much accidental. My dice are just hot. I'm sorry. And once a few of us got together and played a computer game that is more of a facilitator of games... It is Tabletop Simulator that we managed to play an adapted, basically just scanned and modeled version of Castle Panic, the tabletop game. Ooh, I have not played that game, and I would really like to. In any version, I am okay with the internet style that you have played recently. I would also like the original tabletop version but that requires close proximity interactions isn't that one of your favorites aaron 
It is. And honestly, the Tabletop Simulator is actually a really great program because, if I'm not mistaken, it's got hundreds, if not thousands, of games in its database. You just have to open it and you can play it. And I think that's amazing because it allows you to play it without purchasing it. I mean, granted, it's online. And sometimes it just isn't the same as, like, having the material components and feeling the pieces in your hand. But again, during this time, it's nice to know that there is something that we have a fallback for. If I'm correct, the base program does cost about $20. They'll break you a deal if you get a four-pack of keys. I think they'll sell that to you for 60 Yes, Castle Panic is very light and fun and easy to pick up. I would like to play the game Disco Panic because I would play only Panic at the Disco songs while we played that tabletop game of Disco Panic. Oh, I'm going to be honest. I thought you were talking about a video game that came out recently called Disco Elysium. It's a game where you are made to believe that you are a detective, but you realize that you have been so drunk off your ass that you cannot remember a single thing about who you are. And then the game's mystery goes in one of two directions. You can either try and find out who you were, or you can try and solve the case that you were on. And you can do both, or you can ignore one of the objectives. Interesting. So how is this different from my everyday life? There's a lot less Panic at the Disco songs in it. How many Panic at the Disco songs are there? I need a rough ratio to compare to my current life. Well, according to the radio, there's like three. <laughs> radio burn! Okay, so I have not heard three of them. I've only heard one, which means clearly I get less Panic at the Disco than this video game. Was it nine in the afternoon? <laughs> I have no idea. Was it? Is that their only song? So it's one of their big ones. And if you're saying you've only heard one on the radio, I was just taking a shot in the dark. I also do not know the names of the songs I hear, nor the bands that they play. I just hear them say, and these are the songs and bands that you heard. So we could just play Nickelback for you and just tell you it's Panic at the Disco and that'll suit your needs. Yeah. No, because everybody knows Nickelback. Their ears start bleeding the moment it starts playing. Man, dude, what did Nickelback do to you? They didn't give me my Nickelback. <laughs> no, they're the ones who wanted the Nickelback. That's why they won't stop singing. Well, they're never going to get it, and I hope it's a long and painful road of not actual physical or emotional distress on them. They're not getting the nickel from me. Ask someone else. So, Mike, have you been up to anything? I have been up to a few things. One of the things I've been doing in my extended duration at my house is puttering around my backyard, working on my raised flower bed, making that amazing peach tree that we planted grow a little bit better, give me some extra fruits. And I am in the works of putting together a little potato bucket to grow more regular potatoes and just have a little extra fresh veg. Mr. Green Thumb over here. Yeah, we even have a Mr. Greenie in our backyard. Great lizard, eating up all the mosquitoes. Love him. My dog has become obsessed because he likes to hang out on the windowsill and 
collect bugs along the window on the outside of the house. But one of our dogs can see him while he prances around on the window screen on the outside. And our dog is, like, mostly obsessed. Mostly. She will spend at least a good four hours every day staring at the window, looking for him and waiting. Other than that, I have dabbled in a few DIY things from home just for personal enjoyment. One of my old managers gave me a great recipe that I tried out. Super simple. In a sense, it's like making your own tortillas. They are not tortillas, but they are very similar to tortillas. The recipe is classified as Navajo flatbread, and it provides about six little flat tortilla-style bread products that I have really come to enjoy. Pretty easy to make, only takes about an hour and a half total. Prep, wait, and cook time, super quick, super delish. Love it. That sounds interesting. Yeah. And tasty. Very tasty. I have also dabbled in what some might consider like a... Alchemy. It is not blood alchemy. So how does that say? Stay away from life alchemy. We know the dangers of that because Aaron only recently got his body back after being turned into a tin can. Well, you could do it successfully. It just costs an arm and a leg. Huh. And maybe a whole body. If you do it wrong. I have been enjoying some, in a way, revamped old elementary science project type situations that we were probably privy to back when we were in first, second, and third grade. Those summer activities to help keep you entertained. One of them I found enjoyable when I hung out with some friends, and when I say hung out, I mean stayed very far away from them in their front yard for their child's birthday. Second year birthday party. You can't miss that. We did a drive-by, but I brought them some stuff. So I made a little bag, and this project is called the Exploding Bag. When I say the Exploding Bag, basically it is the classic volcano science project put into a Ziploc bag. So you put your baking soda in the bag. You add a little food dye to give it a color. And then you put the vinegar on the top end after you twist it. So you can zip the top and then untwist it and it does its reaction. And the bag goes and kind of like tiny explodes. Great for little kids, but you know what? As an adult, it was still pretty fun. Simple project, easy cleanup, just some water to wash it away. But yeah, super simple. You have most of the ingredients at your house or can get them in quick order because they are not products that are disinfectant, quickly taken from the shelves. So yeah, just, you know, a little something fun, 30 minutes of activity for three minutes worth of footwork to put everything together. I have also dabbled in cooking some s'mores with my homemade solar oven, taken an old box that I got and had laying around, put some aluminum foil on it, 
make it like a tray to reflect that light down. Drop that first layer, the graham cracker, the chocolate, the marshmallow on top. Just let it melt a little bit. Take that last graham cracker and chocolate, put it on top. Boom, you got your sandwich. But super fun, super great. Something simple you could put on the side while you're out in the back barbecuing, hanging out with some friends. They can just snag them as they want. And the other thing that I've been liking to do when I go on walks out in the paths around my neighborhood that are a little woodsy. I don't take a piece of paper with me, but I like to pull up this image that I've saved. And it is basically a bingo board with a bunch of different images of nature things. There is a caterpillar, a pine cone, a flower, some grass, dirt, a mushroom, butterfly, wood stump, worm, spider. So I just like when I'm walking, you know, hey, how many of these can I find? Make a little competition with my wife. See who gets to bingo first. That person doesn't have to wash the dishes that night. What? All right. You know, a little incentive. Make it a little interesting, but not like a horrible chore task that you lost. Uh, But, you know, keep it lighthearted, entertaining. And with this heat, there's one thing that I think everybody should indulge themselves in. And that is making ice cream in a bag. That's right. You can make ice cream in a Ziploc bag. So you've got your own little personal serving scoop and you can eat a little bit of ice cream while you're watching some TV or hanging out by the side of the pool, sitting in your backyard, you know, whatever you're doing this summer. It's a hot summer, but it's a super simple recipe. What flavor did you make? Ice cream from a bag? What culinary sorcery is this? The most magical of sorcery. So you need a little half a half or some whole milk and some cream, some salt. The salt doesn't matter. We tried the recipe with regular table salt, but if you want the chunkier salt, it doesn't mix in, so it changes the texture and consistency. A little bit of ice, some vanilla extract, and some sugar. Hmm. Nifty. Yeah, So when you throw all these things in, does it magically make the ice cream, like, solidify and become cold? Or is this something you have to, once you've mixed all these ingredients together, you just throw it into the freezer for a couple of hours? It's a unique process. So I'm going to give you a quick rundown. So you're going to put the half and half into the Ziploc bag. You're going to add your vanilla extract and your sugar to give it the flavor. Then you're going to kind of, like, squeeze as much air out as you can and then in an additional larger ziploc bag that's where you're going to put your ice and then you're going to put the small bag inside the big bag and like shake 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 that ice cream shake it up shake it up shake that ice cream shake it up mike watch your language i know i'm just talking about ice cream then we can dig it Uh, But then after you've done that for about six minutes of shaking, (laughs) what you're going to do is you're going to pull the small bag out. You're going to open it up. You're going to stir it around a little bit. And boom, it's basically ready at that point. Uh, You might need to add a little bit of something here or something there to get a right flavor and consistency. But it's basically how it goes. Super quick. You know, no intense work aside from shaking it. But... 
Just put on some good reggae music or uh, some good hip-hop. It'll give you a good bass, a good beat. You can get a good jam out. Maybe put on a Zumba. So you can get some proper gyration going on. Welcome to Gyration Nation with Mike and his ice cream. What can I say? I like to shake my ice cream. I know what to say. Thank you, Mike, for that scoop on ice cream. Uh, uh, well, I like what you did there. Good. Statistically, somebody probably has to. <laughs> so, Aaron, what has taken up your additional free time now that you have been subtly requested to reduce your exiting of your humble abode. So I wish I can say that I got in touch with my crafty side like you did, Mike. But really, honestly, I've been kind of a slouch. My job is very physically demanding. So most nights when I get home, I'm just kind of wiped out and tired. So I've been indulging in a lot of low-key entertainment. Something where I don't have to do much. Mainly, I've been watching things. I have been playing some video games. I guess I'll touch on the video games first. As far as multiplayer games go, where I'm playing with friends online, I've been playing a game called Killing Floor 2, which is basically just a first-person shooter with zombies. You survive waves and waves of zombies. That's all it is, is a survival game. There's no competitive head-to-head. It's a completely cooperative shooter game where you choose a specific class of soldier or survivalist, essentially, a survivor of this zombie apocalypse. And they have specialized abilities and weapon sets to bring out the uniqueness of that specific character type. Oh, so you're saying that they all have a specific set of skills that they will use to find this person that kidnapped their daughter? Yes, they will go Liam Neeson all over their faces. Is one of the days. characters Liam Neeson? That no, I can unfortunately play. not. No, it's the knockoff. Liam Neeson. <laughs> Leom, Leom, Liam, Loam. Liam. He's the rival Neeson. to the DeLorean man from the Big Daddy Disney Wars and the Stars. If I could touch on that for just a hot second, like for a second, I thought you were telling me that there was some fan-made amalgamation of like this person actually was a DeLorean man <laughs> and he was part man, part car, and could time travel. I was like, this belongs with Kung Fury and the dregs of cinema greatness. Apparently it belongs on the Mouse Network. For a half moment, I thought it was Manny doing my attempt to make a reference to Back to the Future about a DeLorean and a man, a half-man, half-DeLorean, traveling through space and time. Half-man, half-DeLorean, all-hero. So yeah, when I'm not playing multiplayer with Killing Floor 2, I have been working on Jedi Fallen Order, which honestly is the best Star Wars game I have played since OG Battlefront 2 for the Xbox. Nice. I'm glad it turned out well. It is very good. It gives me hope that some good Star Wars games can still be made. And legitimately, with all the updates they've made to the new Battlefront 2 from DICE and EA, it's a very good game now from what I hear. 
it just jaded so many fans with all the loot box crap that they tried to pull in the beginning. But that has all since gone away, and the game has been much more balanced and is apparently much more approachable and much more fun. And they're still cranking out content for it. A lot of content, in fact. So I might actually look at getting it because it's not too much nowadays. Well, from my understanding, they finished back in, I think at the end of May is the last live content that they'll be adding. After that, it'll just be balancing patches. Gotcha. They might be thinking about working on the next Battlefront or whatever the next iteration of it will be. So that's been about it for video games. I do play, if I need to just do some quick stress relief, I play the Capcom beat-em-up compilation, which has such gems as Knights of the Round Table, Fatal Fury. Oh, cool. And other gems such as Warriors of Fate. Capcom did some good beat-em-ups. It was them and Konami who did really good arcade beat-em-ups. Yes, I agree. Konami was also very good. I love Konami's sound design a lot in their games. Rocket Knight Adventures and Sparkster were two of my favorite games growing up uh, on the Sega Genesis. Hmm. Anyway, sorry, I got distracted. As far as shows go, I recently had a conversation with a friend of mine, and we talked about cinema. And he was asking me all these questions about these movies I watch and what kind of movies I typically watch. And I told him, and he was like, well, I have some recommendations for you. So he wrote me down like a list of like 25 movies to watch. And I just watched the first one. It's one that's been on my list for a very long time. Now, it's called Hell or High Water. It had Chris Pine and Ben Foster and Jeff Bridges. It's the story of two brothers who knock over some small banks in Texas and are pursued by two Texas Rangers. It's a film that was both received well by critics and by fans alike, and honestly, after watching it, it did not disappoint. So I'm going to slowly work my way down that list for the foreseeable future on the streaming services that have those movies. Oh, that's cool. Otherwise, I've been binging Community, a Dan Harmon show. Ah, I'm aware of it. I've never actually gotten into watching it. You know, I watched it when it first came out, and I watched like the first two and a half or three seasons of it, but then I kind of fell off. So I rediscovered it and started watching it from the beginning, and it just reiterates all over again what a good writer Dan Harmon is. And for those of you who don't know, Dan Harmon also writes things like Rick and Morty, and he does Harmon Quest, which is a kind of D&D comedy show that he does with some friends and usually like a celebrity guest every week. Hmm. But Community has some very good writing and very good and real characters, I feel like. And when there is conflict, the conflict resolution usually feels very satisfactory. So yeah, it's definitely a show I recommend. It is wonderful. It's smartly written. The characters are likable for the most part. There are a few characters that have moments where they're not as likable, but there's also growth throughout the show with the characters, so that's fun to watch. And the antics they get up to. I can't really compare this to any other show, really, because there are so many interesting facets about it that just kind of seem 
like a breath of fresh air from how a normal show would be structured. It's not a sitcom, but it's funny like a sitcom. There's no laugh track or anything like that in between scenes or when funny scenes happen in the show. Yeah, I think that's a hallmark that we finally started to move away from in about the last five years. Yeah. The trend really started with shows like The Office and Parks and Rec. Right, because you realize it could just be funny with smart writing and comedic timing. And with, with a fair amount of improv as well. Some of the best lines in all those shows were actually improv So, yeah, I definitely recommend Community to both of you guys. I think both of you would enjoy it. It's got the talents of people like Joel McHale, Donald Glover, who is the lead singer in the group Childish Gambino, stars and writes in the show Atlanta, and also has been most recently and notably played young Lando Calrissian in Solo, a Star Wars story. It's also got Chevy Chase in it. Do love me some Chevy Chase. Yeah, he plays an older guy, and well, of course, at this point he's old. So his character is really interesting to watch, too. Fletch lives... Flesh the Eternal. So yes, please watch Community, both of you. There's six seasons, and they're actually in talks of doing a movie, which is actually a running gag throughout the show, but not necessarily about the show itself, but about other shows. But it's really funny how things kind of coalesce into, yeah, no, they actually meant that about this show, too. Because the show's been off the air since 2015, I think. So yeah. That's about all I've been up to. I do play Dungeons & Dragons and other tabletop games online. I'm very thankful that we have that option with this current situation that we're in. It's been successful for the most part. I think the first few weeks were rocky because servers were just overloaded. But now it seems to at least be handling the surge of people better. Programs like Roll20. So otherwise... Not much has changed for me. I've been just getting a lot more personal time, which is something I've been needing. Just some time to recharge my batteries. I have missed my friends, but, you know, we can still video chat and call each other on the phone. So it's definitely a lot easier for us to deal with something like this now than it would have been 200 years ago. So I feel very fortunate and blessed to have been born in this time the time of technology, where it makes our lives a little bit better and a little bit brighter. So with that, I think I hear the air raid sirens, which means that the missile is on its way. Wait, does that mean we're turning into the other world, like in Silent Hill, where... Note to Aaron, please make sure that that's not overly loud in the final cut. Oh man, I leaned away and yes. covered my mouth. Yeah, the like it was still pretty. My, I mean, my ears wrong, were like good. freaking out, but yeah, it was good. Is this maybe a little too good? If I'm being honest, it was pretty convincing. The canaries in my cage are starting to go nuts. Thanks for listening to Banter Banter again. If you get the chance, go ahead and leave us a rating if your platform of choice has that option. Otherwise, just share us with a friend or gab 
to us on our social media, which will be tacked on at the end of the episode. And for heaven's sake, give us some recommendations on topics. So my question for the audience this week is, what is your ideal evening with the idea that you have to stay at home? What do you do to kind of call it a good night? Let's say a Friday night. Do you read a book? Do you watch a film? Do you listen to music? Anything. My question to you listeners is, what is the coolest survival tip you have learned during these unique and interesting times we live in? And my question is, are there any new skills or hobbies that you have picked up because of the current situation? Any new frontiers that you have started to explore? This has been Banter Banter. And as the hybrid, partial DeLorean, partial man hero of time would say, don't sleep with your mother. Don't sleep with your mom! (laughs) You can reach out to us on social media. Check out our Facebook page at Banter BanterCast. And look us up on Twitter at banter underscore cast. You can also find us individually on Twitter. You can find Aaron at 8BitWizard. The 8 is Roman numerical. At Brogar, C-R-E, for Manny. You can find me on Twitter at Mike8Time, the number 8. Our opening and closing song is Bad Attraction by Brad Sucks, off of his album titled I Don't Know What I'm Doing. Give it a listen. Consider buying it. Our album art is by Blaze Animator, based on the original design by Bobbins and Goblins. You can find both of these amazingly and talented people at Blaze underscore Animator and Bobbins underscore Goblin. We appreciate your listenership and support, and we will see you guys next time. But Michael, I I can't help you with that. I don't think that's a smart idea, Michael. Don't sleep with your mother! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, can that be our (laughs) (laughs) sign-off?